because it says so the chidush of these psukim are that even though there is no way he can be he may be freed nevertheless the Torah says that if the master knocks out his eye or knocks knocks out his eye or knocks out his tooth so the din is that he goes out free which lemaise uh, there is a machloikis between this is just by the way the, there is a machloikis between the Rambam and the Rambam in, in Sefer HaMitzvahs is this counted as separate mitzvahs or is there one mitzvah? And that is as follows. The, sh- the Rambam in mitzvahs esa reish lamed hey says the Rambam uh, that the, uh, the, the Rambam records the mitzvah of la'olam bohem ta'avoydu, the positive mitzvah that you have to keep the, the, the non-Jewish slaves forever. And you mustn't free them. Uh, yeah, to keep them forever. That's the eser. And he then says, incorporated in this mitzvah is, in other words, just like it's midigdukei mitzvah, or like the meforshia, the, the meforshim of the sefer mitzvah say, it's miprotei hamitzvah. And because it's miprotei, and what is miprotei hamitzvah? The parts of the mitzvah is that the rules of the mitzvah is that if you knock out the master, knocks out his eye, or knocks out his tooth, so then he's uh, he's released. So that's just. Because the Rambam says in his Shoroshim, uh, in the Kololeha, in the Yudalat Shoroshim, where he sets down the rules, the guidelines for what he enumerates and counts in the Zmingana Mitzvahs. So there he says he doesn't count as separate mitzvahs, Proteya Mitzvah, like details of the mitzvah. So the Rambam regards this that he's left out free with his knock, being knocked out his eye, knocked out his tooth. So that's like the Proteya Mitzvah, therefore it's not, it's not counted as a separate mitzvah. The mitzvah is to keep him forever. There's an exception, in other words, if he likes it or not, he goes at Balkor Choy, which, by the way, the Lashon of the Mechilte is precisely that. The Lashon of the Mechilte is, the Mechilte in Parshish uh, Mishpatim says, it says, what does the Pesach have to tell us this? Because it says in the Torah, in the Parshish, Bahar, Bohem forever you have to keep him. So therefore, the Torah says, here, you let him go. Balkor Choy, it says. That's the Lashon of the Mechilte, Balkor if he likes it or not. The Ramban, uh, in, his, in his notes, in his critique on the Rambam, he claims that it is regarded, that we count it as a separate mitzvah. There's a separate mitzvah, and that separate mitzvah is that you have to let him go out free if he knocks his tooth out or he knocks his eye out. That's counted as a separate mitzvah. Uh, it's just that the, 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 the Ramban says that due to the fact that the Gemara says in Shavuot, and that's the Pesach Aloch in Rambam, that it is regarded as knas. In other words, the monies, uh, the, the, this that we free the Evid, right? We let him go. Now, the Evid has a very, he's very valuable. He costs who knows how much money in the market, right? He's, he has to release him, and there's no monies traded here. He releases him free. Because he knocked his eye out. Now he's definitely worth more than his eye. He's definitely worth more than his tooth. Nevertheless, he has to release him. Balkorcha, like the Michilta says. Um, says. So the Gemara says, and that's the rule. The rule is that whenever, if you're paying the amount of what it's worth, so then that's regarded as momoy, tashlumin, that's your payment. But if it's, you have to pay more, that's regarded as a penalty, that's knas. And the rules of knas, there are special rules, guidelines of knas, whatever the rules go, whatever the halachas, of, the general rules of knas are, that's a penalty, okay? So Bemele uh, says the, the Ramban that due to the fact that this is a penalty, Hashem places, uh, it's, the guidelines are penalty, therefore we have to release it. In other words, even though he's, he's definitely more valued than his eye or, or tooth, Therefore, we cannot say it's a mitzvah on the owner to free him. 
And basically he's saying that the mitzvah is on the Bezdin, that when we bring it to the Bezdin, the case in front of the Bezdin, so the Bezdin evaluates, works out well, what happened here. And if we see he actually knocked out his eye or knocked out his tooth, so the Bezdin frees him. So the and the Meforshim, the, the commentaries on the Sefer Mitzvah actually find it hard to work out exactly what Ramban how he analyzes this, the guidelines of this mitzvah. And nevertheless, and they all say definitely what the Rambam says seems to be more uh, uh, d- uh, rational, that we don't enumerate it as a separate mitzvah. And the Sefer HaChinuch Mitzvah Shin Mem Zayin follows with the Shittas HaRambam and Sefer HaMitzvah. Okay, we're going on, because that's the general rule of the Chinuch, he usually goes on the Shittas HaRambam. Let's, we're going on. Uh, sorry for all this introduction, but it's just important, it's just firstly to appreciate what's going on, the general background. Number two, possibly it'll be important for us to figure out what's going on as we go. Good. Now the rule is, the Gemara says in Mesich Tikidush and Davchav Dalet, and the Ram Paskins that way in Hilchas Avod and Perikei, that even though the Torah enumerates Davka, the Shen, and the Ayin, nevertheless the rule applies to Chav Dalet Roshi Ivorim, and that is the tips of 24 limbs besides Shen Ayin. Right? That is the, right? V'chulu, the hands, the, the hands of the toes, those are the 20, uh, 20, 20 regardless, 20 limbs, and then uh, then the, the two ears, right? The tips of the two ears, the tip of the nose, and uh, the member, right? That is, yeah, that's 24. And for the male, that's the, the breasts. Okay. So, just interesting. It's a gvaldike balaturim. I'm not tired of balaturim. A gvaldike balaturim. I have to repeat it. I can't say the shainal. Gvaldike balaturim. You know what the balaturim says? Adover niflamamish. She says, take the two psukim. What we just say, what do we just say? There are 24 Rosh Eivorim, and together with the Shem Vayin, there are 26, right? Okay, beautiful. Good. Now let's take a good look at this posuk here. Posuk Chavov, right? And Posuk Chav Zayin. Okay, good. He says, if you take a look, it starts off with a Vav, right? That's the first Posuk Chavov, and it ends off with a Vav. Correct? Givaldik. And then the next Posuk Chav Zayin, when he's talking about the tooth, starts off with a Vav, and it ends off with a Vav, right? So how is it? So six times four is 24. It's Givaldik. That's the Chav Dalad Rosh Eivorim. That's the six times four. And then he says, if you'll count the words, there are 26 words. 26 words I counted. Sorry. I counted. Okay, so that's here. And then he goes to, uh, he says, Dover uh, Nifla. If you take a Chumish, a Chumish. I counted 26, I can't help you. So you have 26? Good. Oh, it's not good. Sorry. I thought you counted 27. So maybe you have a different edition. Okay, the said there. Now, and take Seif Pashas Noyach. Why is, why is it, so really Rabbeinu Bechai, right, or Rabbeinu Bachia, however you describe it, yeah. now that Harabduak is there, I have to be careful that I should say Rabbeinu Bachia, yes. okay, but I, like I once said, I had a, 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 a principal who learned in Atvotsk, so he was a Polish, and he said Rabbeinu Bachai. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then my Ulma Rebbe said, Rabbi Nubchaya. You know, but in the, the, the correct way, I believe, is Rabbi Nubchaya. Okay, so if you take out a. So Rabbi Nubchaya says a beautiful thing, which basically is really explained and mafurish in the Daskane in Bebaleatoisvis. What does the Daskane in Bebaleatoisvis say? He brings it to Medrish, and other Rabbi Nubchaya brings it, and others also bring it. That the reason why is it taken? That the Evit Kanani is released by Korchoy Shala Odoin, Bishain Va'ayin. Why is it? Oh, because due to the fact that Chom, right? Avi Kna'a Chom, 
Orukran, Choma Viknan, right? So, so Ervas Oviv, right? He saw, and then Vayagate, Vayagate. So it was the eye in which saw the father's Noyach's erva. The pasuk says at the end of Parshas Noyach, and Vayagate. He then went on to tell his two brothers what he saw. So basically, it's the eye which saw. And the mouth, the teeth, which were revealed and said the wrong. So due to that, that's why he was punished. The Torah says there, So then he was cursed that he will be an Eved Kanani. And like the Mephoshim say, even though it's Kanan, and this is an Eved Kanani, it replies to all non, non-Jews, like the Chinuch explains in Sivim Shemem Zayin, whatever the case is. But it was because it originates from Kanan, so it's Eved, yeah, Eved Kanani. But I'll call upon him, so that's why he's released B'Shen Va'ayin. Okay, Yafeh. Now listen, so B'Melis, Says the the, the Balaturim a Givaldika thing. Take out those psukim and you'll see a Givaldika thing. In Parshas Noyak, you'll see the identical thing. You'll see that the Pasuk starts off. Where are we? Thank you. Uh huh. Vayoimer, there are three psukim there. Uh, page 44. Page 44. You get it? So in the two psukim of the curses, right, they start, both of them start, right? Vayoimer. Posik Chafei starts with Vov, Vayoimer, and it concludes with a Vov, Le'echov. The Pasuk Chavav starts with a Vav and concludes with a Vav Lomoy. Uh, yeah, uh, the Pasuk Chavav concludes with Lomoy. Again, starts with a Vav, ends with a Vav. So we have again the 24 Roshi Ivorim. Because that is the source why the fellow is released if uh, the, 20, the tips of the 24 limbs, because they don't come back. Okay, yeah. And he says, now if you'll count all the words from these three verses, we have 26 words. The three verses, count the three verses, you'll see it's 26. I counted. Count it, 26. Definitely 26. From the three verses. Three psukim. The first pasuk. And then, uh, uh, where is it? The three. You, have to, you got six vavs. No, no, that's... Uh, excuse me. If you were careful, I mean, if you paid attention, tell me what the Balaturim says. Balaturim says, the first two psukim of the actual curse it starts with the vav and ends with the vav. Those are four. Six times four. Then it says you have 26 letters if you have all the three psukim together. Because the third pasuk also refers back, concludes, and wraps it all up. That's a gewaltige balaturim. Okay. And that... Chavzayin, that's the 26 words. 26 words. Yeah, 26 words. And then you have a balaturim, you can check it out. The Ateris Oda, the Aderis, in his, in his commentary of the, on the balaturim, has some queries in the, about the, the numbers, 24, 26. He has some kind of calculation of, of 58, etc. Okay, what's the difference? It's not Negeyna. We're going on. This, yeah, yeah, is good. Okay, after Hatatuzagnepis. Let's move. Now. Just by the way, another interesting point, because if we won't get a chance to say it, and we definitely have to give some time. There are two rugged shovers. Now, I would pre- I'm going to pre- present to you, hopefully, uh, uh, 10 to 15 minutes will suffice for the first, and 10 minutes will suffice for the second. Okay. And they're all in relation to these in Yonim. Uh, just before we go on with the rugged shover, I just saw just an interesting query of the Adderis, 
right? That there is Rav Toumim in his... In, in three of his four in Dafke, he has a sefer called Cheshboi Neshul Mitzvah Mingin HaMitzvah. You're up to date, yeah? And the Seder Parshis, you're up to date? Uh, the black one? No. Seder Parshis on Chumish. The Mochon Yerushalayim published uh, two volumes on Breshis and Shmois. Okay, Zeir Choshev, you have to get... I don't know what you're into. But, excuse me, I'm sorry. Competition. Okay. Grada Harav Telzner said to me, there's a Seder Parshis on Shmois. I say, I have it a long time already. So even Rabbi tells us it doesn't have the Sefer Parashat Zashmois. Okay, so Zachisi. Okay. Uh, and then there's another Sefer called Over Eurech, which uh, not, it wasn't printed by Machon Avat Shalom, but it was printed by Harav Biton. In Machon Maorot, Hamorot or something like that. So uh, there, there are different Shmuas of Deli Yisrael, which the Aderes, who was the, Rosh, uh, was the Rav in Mir and Ponovich, and he was later a Rav in Yerushalayim, he met up with Deli Yisrael through the eight, through many 20, 30 years in, in, in Lite, and he recorded himself all the different uh, in which he discussed with them. So the Iker is in the two Svarim and Cheshbeni Shal Mitzvah, there it's fairly lengthy, and in short is in the Seder Parshish. And he queries as follows, he says, after the master knocks out the... The, the slave's eye or, or tooth or any of the other 24 limbs, right? At the tips of the 24 limbs. He says, who does it belong to? Who takes it? Who is the lucky one? Who keeps it? Who keeps the tooth? Who keeps the eye? Who cares? What, what did you say? Who cares? 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 Who So he queries. Uh, now, and he says, he says, it's surely not Hefker. He says, if it was chopped off, it's not Hefker. He says, listen, before the Evid was freed, everything of the Evid belonged, everything of the slave belonged to the master, right? All the limbs of the Evid belonged to the master, right? The Ebed is not a, he has, he's not an entity of his own, he's, he's on his own. He's totally belonging to the master, right? He has no identity. Okay, actually the Rebbe has a lot to say about the, the non-identity, the non-void identity of the Ebed, which we want to discuss some other time. Let's go on. Okay, um, now after he's freed, right? So then everything belongs to him. So the, he queries what belongs to him. He's, he himself, he becomes now a separate entity and he owns himself. No one owns him, right? Question is, does he take everything along with him, which belonged to him, meaning his limbs, right, which were chopped off, which really is not part and parcel of him. But do the question is, do the fact that it was part and parcel, so maybe it goes along with him, or maybe no, it's nothing to do with the end. It really belongs to the master. Now he wants to say, based on the Gemara and Baba Kama and Arashi, Baba Kama Dafyut says, says in the Torah further, if someone's ox was a, was a goring ox, right? And he killed someone else's ox. It says in the Torah, you should pay shur tachas asher. Okay? You, a shur for the shur. Right? You have to give him back an ox. Right? So the mazik, the one who caused the damage, has to one who, with the recipient, right? The owner of the, of the, 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 the damaged ox, the killed ox, he has to give him back an ox. It says shur tachas asher. Okay? Then it says in the Torah, vahames yihiyeloi. What is, so asks the Gemara Baba Kama, if it says you pay up, you have to give him a shur for the shur, so what does the Torah have to say? That the dead ox belongs to the one who did the damage, to the owner of the ox which gored. Of course, if he paid him up, he gave him a, a, another shur for the, the, for, for the shur, so of course, the dead shur belongs to the master. So the Gemara says because of that, 
In other words, so Rashi explains, Shur Tachas Asher. Basically, the Shur replaced the Shur. And it's, that's the meaning of Shur Tachas Asher. This is taking the place of the Shur. So if so, therefore, says the Gemara of Abbas Yilo wasn't needed. So the Gemara therefore concludes, Abbas says that Abbas Yilo goes on the music. Abbas Yilo, the terrorist, tells us this novel thing. It doesn't go to the one who caused the damage, but the killed ox belongs to the owner of the ox, not to the one who gored. Okay, the owner. So basically, what is, if you take a good, good look at the Rashi, basically Rashi is saying that, due to the fact that the Torah says, sure, tachasasher, this replaces that. So he says, take a look at our Chumash. It says in, our, in the Torah as follows. Look what it says in the Torah. What does the Torah say? The Torah says, V'im shein avdoi, or shein, excuse me, ish, v'chiyak ish es ein avdoi, v'shichaso, l'chof shishalchenu tachas einoi. V'im shein avdoi, shein amosi yapi, l'chof shishalchenu tachas shinoi. Basically, he says, if you will take that case of Shur, Tachas Ashur, which Shur means it replaces, it is in the place of that, right? That's the original definition of that, initial definition of Shur, Tachas Ashur, if not for Amisi Eloi, right? But that's, so the same head too, he says, this, basically, the release of the slave, right, is Tachas Shinoi. So basically, the Shen, right, he, he takes the Shen and he's released. Tachas Einoi, he takes the iron and he's released. That's the meaning of Shur, Tachas Ashur. Sure, tachas, tachas ain't ever tachasin. That's what he claims. Then he goes on. I don't want to. Time doesn't allow it to go in. But he raises in his sefer chashbenu shul mitzvah that there's room to argue that they're not identical. Because here it's knas and there it's momen. There he makes a full payment for it. Sure, tachas asher. So therefore, it one replaces the other. But here, the Torah is really only saying that because you've done it, therefore it doesn't mean to say it replaces. Of course, there's no way it replaces it anyway. Really, the evidence is valued much more valued than than it's I in the thing. Uh, just looking at his commentary in the Chumash, I would say, even though he says to look well into the Rashi, the truth is it's, it's, it's miyutar, it's superfluous. If you just look at the Chumash, we, can, we understand it without it. If the Torah says, So you don't even need that Tachasena, in truth. Go to the next passage. Without the Tachasena, what do you need the Tachasena for? It's enough. The Torah is telling us a din, right? That because you're knocked out as iron, knocked out as tooth, therefore he goes out free. What's the Tachashini? So really, the Adaris may have right without that Gemara Masech the Baba Kama. But just we see that the Torah added the Tachashini Tachashini. Then in his third Sefer, just in the Sefer over Erech, so Absalom Nemir, Rosh Hashiva, or Rav, asked him, what's going on here? I mean, what should I have to do? Why should I go to the Evet? In what way and why, why should the Evet be different than anyone else? After it's chopped off and he goes out free, it has nothing to do with the Yevet. I mean, why should the Adaris even query that maybe it should belong to the Yevet? As you said before, it goes to the Nezek. That's there. That's there. Because but why? That's a halacha. That's a halacha there. It's a different halacha, different Dorian. Different Dorian. You're not stop making hekakation. Show us. Different. No, no, laws, laws. Okay, let me get invited. Sorry. But Adaris says, it can be speak. my query is in a case where he knocks out his tooth and the tooth falls into the Yevet's pocket. And then he's free. So he knocks out his tooth, he's free, but now he has it in his pocket. <laughs> so he's a muhzik, so he has it. So that's where one would query. So the question is, is it initially the master, so therefore even though you have it in your pocket, you have stolen property, right? It's mine. Or, because it's no one's, so therefore I have it in his pocket, so he has it in his pocket. Just by the way, you can also have an eye in your pocket. Yeah, can't you? Why not? I mean, Lahavdul, I was zeichet to see the Alte Lelava Rebbe in, in, in Tough Shin, Lamid uh, Vov in Bnei Brak. The one that still does hard then. That one, yeah, yeah, that one. And he sat by a tish, Bnei Brak. I went to Bnei Brak on Shabbos, I was Lindy Brak about. And I saw him, Be'enai, Be'enai, Ro'isi. 
that he took out the eyes of the fish lying on the table, the big fish, and put it in his pocket. Okay, but I saw that Lalavarim is a big tzaddik. Okay, I'm, I'm saying, I saw it. I saw that he did it. So I'm saying the eyes, other Rebbe's do it? No. Zemach noch, over there Rebbe gave an original. it was in his pocket. Water. Next. Ich for weiter. Rogachov. Now. No, he's freed. No. What are you saying? He's still free. You're talking about the fish with the lava, are you talking about? No, that's right. <laughs> let, let me get right. Why does the Abedipi go free if you're not going to shame that? Let's move for a shame. This is impossible. Said, you're not to say Shaklach. It's impossible. I said, because it's Avadim. Said, let's go on. Here. The Gemara says in. Uh, we come to the Rogachov. The Gemara says in Mesichta Bavakama Dach Tzadik Aleph, and it's also Gemara Mesichta Kedushim Dach Chovdalat. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, we've just learned, right? If he knocks out his eye, knocks out his tooth. So the, the facts are that he goes out free. Or any of the Chovdalat, the tips of the other four, 24 limbs. Now, says the Gemara, by the way, Shen Vahin, the Gemara explains if so, what does it have to say? Dafke Shen and Ayin? Because Ayin means it has to be obvious. Shen tells us, that it's uh, the tooth, and it's, you would think even a baby tooth, right? It's, so therefore the, the original teeth. So therefore the iron teaches us that the teeth have to be the final set of teeth. Okay. Except the Gemara discusses that. The outcome. The Gemara says as follows. What happens, according to the way Rashi explains the Gemara, in a case where the master, hiko keneged eno, vihiko keneged osnoi. In other words, he whacked, says Rashi, he whacked the wall. He gave the wall a zetz, right? Keneged einoi u keneged oznoi. A real whack, hard bang on the wall, right? Okay. And because of the shock of the bang, he lost his sight, or he lost his hearing. He became in total shock, David, right? He was shocked out of his brain. And that caused that he should turn his quote-unquote blindness or deafness. That's what the Gemara, so the Gemara asks, what is the din? What is the din? Does he go out free or not? It's a grammar. So who says a grammar you don't go out free? What does it say? It says nothing. The Paskins, the Lagi Paskins. Says the Gemara, listen, so the Gemara has a, a, a fairly lengthy exposition. And the Gemara says, listen to what the Gemara says. Not what you said. Okay. You'll soon see. Dafke, because it's Gromo, he's saying it's Gromo. What does Gromo mean? Gromo means it's an indirect, right? He doesn't direct would mean he hits him in the eye and hits him in the ear. Here he bangs on the wall. So he was shocked. So therefore that caused blindness and deafness. The Gemara says as follows. And the Gemara, you have to look at the Gemara. Well, time doesn't do a lot to elaborate. It's almost 50 minutes left, unfortunately. Here we go. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, the he caused it to himself. The master didn't do it. Because a person is a bendas, a human being, they were between a bendas and a behem and a bendas. When a, a human being, right, he has his own senses, right? So you can control yourself when some shock causes you, right, to get, gives a zet on the wall. If you are in control, you're in control of yourself, right? No one held your ear. If the fellow held your ear, right, you couldn't move away or bounce away or whatever, control yourself. So then it's a different story, says the Gemara. But what happens if he, you're a free man, no one's doing anything to you. I knock on the door, right, 
And the fellow, the shock causes, because it causes the shock, it causes deafness or blindness. Says the Gemara, because he is the same person, he is a sechotic person, he is, a, he is on his own, he is able to control himself, etc. So this shock, he himself affected himself with the shock. It's him doing it to himself, not the master doing it to him. So the you know what the Rabbit Shavu says? Well, they may not. Now, Toysvis, in the Sikhdom of the Kamadav Tzadik Aleph, brings a Toysefta. And the Toysefta says, a Toysefta in the Sikhdom of the Kamadav, says the Toysefta. And the Toysefta asks the same question, what would be the din if he kokeneged Einoi, right? He does it opposite his ear, opposite his eye. And he doesn't do it directly on his eye. Says the Toysefta, the din would be, it says in the Torah, Vihiko, he has to actually do a mice. He has to do a mice. So from there we derive that, that uh, he doesn't go out free. And Toysefet says, from the Toysefet it would seem, there's no logic here. We don't use the logic and the argument of the Gemara. He didn't do it. He did it to himself, but the master didn't do it to him. It's because we have a posse. It's Xeris HaKosov. It's Xeris HaKosov. There's the end. The decree, the Torah says, you have to do a Maisa. He didn't do the Maisa. The Rogachava asks, the Rogachava asks on this Toysefet, my Komashman. What is this Toysefta really teaching us that he has to do a Maisa? What's behind it all? And here the Rogachover has this very novel query, a very interesting Shaila. And he asks as follows True, we know very well, like we introduced, that the gather of Knas, the gather of, of, of Shen Va'ain, that he goes out free, its criteria is Knas, penalty, right? He says, The penalty, he asks, is the, why is there the penalty? Why is it that the master has to let him go free? So there's a penalty. We penalize the master, right? Question is, why do we penalize the master, he asks. Do we penalize the master because of the pu'ula and the poil and the act of the master? Or do we penalize the master because he, he because of the result? What is the result? Out of, due to my actions, right? There's blindness caused to the evidence. There's deafness, there's, 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 there's right, his, his, his tooth is knocked out. So the abbot ends up without an eye and out of tooth, without a tooth. So because of the, as a result of my actions, right, he ends up being without an eye and a tooth. So the Torah says, it's because it's tashlum in lievet, so to speak. It's, so to speak, such a, we, 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 uh, how do we? Compensate. We, com compensate, we compensate the evidence. It's a penalty for the master, and we compensate the evidence. So the question is, how do we look at it? How do we judge it? How do we analyze it? And he wants to say as follows, look into the shas. From the shas it comes out very clear, right? The Gemara says that if he, uh, when he does it opposite his ear, opposite his eye, opposite his mouth, right? Opposite his ear, opposite his eye. So he says the Gemara, right? he did it to himself. Says the Rokhichar, from this Gemara it comes out that even though it's indirect, nevertheless he would go out free. The only reason he doesn't go out free from the Gemara, it comes out, it's because he did it to himself. It comes out clear from the Gemara. He did it to himself, says the Gemara. The Gemara could have easily said, it's indirect, like you said. It's indirect, it's a grammar. And maybe you have to do it direct. No. Says the Rogat Shavri, Mesech Baba Kama, not on Chumash, Mesech Baba Kama. It's clear from the Gemara, he says, we go the Gemara, uses Iyu Da'avas Anafshi, the shock. You took the shock and did it to yourself. You shocked yourself, as if to say. So he says that's a proof that even when it's indirect and the master knocks out his eye and tooth, indirect, he'll also go out free. What is the Tesefti teaching you? It says, Vehiko, Tzorach Lasses, Boy Maisa. 
The Tosefta is teaching us that there is no way you can do it in an indirect fashion. You have to do a direct Maisa. The reason why he called Megiddo, he does it if he hits him up, in other words, he affects him and up, just banging on something opposite him. And that causes him to go, we say, he doesn't go out free, because it says me he called. So the class is by Maisa. What is that teaching us? That Grom is not good enough. Here comes the Rogachava with his knowledge, with his novel analysis. And what do we do? And he says as follows. He says, the nafkimina will be, right? Here, this basically, will it, with this we can explain. Here we go. With this we can explain another But if you think about these two ways of looking at it, right? If we're saying that even when he's just a grommer, right? In an indirect way, what's the difference? In an indirect way, he's lost his eye anyway, right? He's lost his tooth anyway, right? So what's the difference between if you do a direct or indirect? The difference is only in relation to the master, not in relation to the Evet. The Evet is always losing his eye, he's always losing his tooth, right? But if it's in indirect, so the master didn't do it. It's indirectly being done by the master, but it's indirectly, right? But, so he says that's the two ways of looking at it. That's the original query of the Rogachover. He queries, what is basically, when the, what was the Torah's intent? What was Kavona Saturn when the Torah says? That he goes out free. Why does he go out free? Does he go out free because the master did something wrong to him? Or it's because he ends up being left, the result. He ends up being without a tooth and without an eye. So he says that will be the nafkamina between the Tezafta and the Shas. And that will be the nafkamina if an indirect thing will get him out free or not. According to the Shas, an indirect act of the master will get him out free. Why? Because there we highlight, as long as the guy is losing, lost his tooth and lost his thing, right? So because there's an indirect, even though I'm being, it's being done indirectly, right? But it's indirect via me. So therefore the penalty nevertheless applies because he ends up, my mess, my slave ends up due to my indirect action, he ends up losing his tooth and, do, and losing his eye. So therefore he'll go out free according to this trap. But according to the Tesefta, I have to do a direct action. Why? Because the penalty is given. Why? To the master. So when can I penalize the master? When he does it directly. And he's actually actively involved. But checking if it's indirect. With this he explains, and he says, with this we understand also another thing. It says in Tesefta, and as a special puzzle, how do you, what happens, he says, it comes up to Tesefta, that if you advise, you ask someone else. The master tells a friend, his neighbor, you know, knock the guy's eye out for me. Yeah, or knock the guy's tooth out for me, he doesn't go out free. You understand why? What's going on here? He made a shliya. It's not his master. Ah, so if you learn that indirect is good enough, and there is the main thing, the intent of the Torah is the result. That when you look if he has, he ends up having an eye, he doesn't have an eye. He doesn't have an eye. So, he said, no, 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 shliach, no, eishlech la, so the before, look in David Pardo, it's a free debate, Rav, Rav, David Pardo talks about eishlech la, dvaravere, etc. But you see clearly the concept of shliach doesn't apply there, right? Good. But with that, let's go on further. So basically, the Rogachover, he says it in Ritzia too, that we're, the, 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 the intent of the Torah is the result, and that's why, that's what you transgress, if the transgression is the result, right? That's the Torah's intent and that's what we keep against you, that we hold against you, so then even it's being done by you in an indirect way, you'll also be high. Right? Grummel is also high. And it brings many, many proofs to that. Where if the terrorist intent is that Afka, if you're actively involved in it, only then we do we hold it against you, so then there's no way. You have to do it yourself. And by Ritzia, for instance, right, when he bores the ear, it says in the Shas that if you do it with poison, that's no good, right? The Gemara says you have to have the tool. So Rashi says you have to do the drill. 
So Rashi says, the Gvaldic and Rashi. Rashi says, why with some not? We learned about from a posuk. It's from a posuk. And Rashi explains that when you put the poison on it, the chemical on it, what happens? The man, the master placed the chemical, but it ends up boring the hole on its own. Me'elov, says Rashi. Says the Rogan Chavar, ah, look, by Ritzias, however, by the Evidivri, going back to the Evidivri, yeah, but just the same concept, right? You see that the turtle wants that he has to actively bore his, he has to do it b'maisa. So therefore, the, the, the sum is no good, right? And based on that, he says that, uh, that's why it says a Mechilta, that Shlichas doesn't help there. He has to do it himself. There's a Mephorchim Mechilta teaching us that by Ritzias, the master bores his ear, we say it's, he, doesn't, he doesn't become an Evid Nirza, by the Evidivri. Okay, let's just go on. I don't want to go on further. With this, just he wraps up the machloikis as follows. He says the machloikis in misichte in misichte kedushin. If 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 the master happened to be a doctor, right, uh, uh, an optometrist, right, or a dentist, right, and the evid, smart evid, smart evid, he says, could you please clean out my tooth or whatever my gums? Right? Rashi explains. The Gemara says that. The Rashi explains it to me that, or something with his eye. Hmm. And it so happens to be that the master, unfortunately, knocks out his eye. He, he causes him blindness. So a calicated master, whatever, and knocks out his tooth. So there's a machlokes in Gemara. Does he go out free or not? So the Tanakama, the Rabbonin hold that he what? He goes out free. Yeah, he goes out free. Uh, the Rav Shimon Gamliel argues it. He says, no, it says in the Torah clearly, it says, V'shichaso. V'shichaso means you have to have intent to be mashchis, to cause... The, knock, the knockout, right? And because he didn't have intent, his intent was to be healing. And it so happens to be so, therefore. So basically, the Rogachover explains that what is the, argue, what is the basis, the principle behind the argument between the Tadakama and Rav Shem He says that Afkimit is as follows. The facts are that the doctor, right, if there's, if there's malfunction, so, there's a doctor here, yeah, but excuse me, yeah, but uh, you know better, but whatever the, the halachas are, there's a halacha we learned in Rashi. Rashi brings, right, that when do we say, maka or etc., etc. So the Gemara says, and Rashi brings, we had many Rashi's at the beginning of the parasha, where if it's a shliach bezdin, right, if the bezdin appoints a shliach to, to whip somebody or whatever, because he's not coming to the bezdin according to the Rambam, or he has to give him alkes, etc., or if the father is uh, hits the kid to learn, etc. Well, it's Lutzerach Mitzvah, right? Yeah. In other words, it's Bershuz Bezdin. So, like the Rogachover says, it says in the Torah, Verlapo Yerlape. Mikanche Nitin Rishus Lerofel Arapis. So, the Rogachover explains, what does that mean? Mikanche Nitin Rishus Lerofel Arapis. In other words, there is a Rishus Bezdin. He's doing it Bershuz. This that he's able to be metapolin, he's Merapin, he does it Bershuz. If all these doing it, Bershus Bezdin, right? Bezdin allowed him, because Baruch Hu allows him to be metapel Berufua. So therefore, right? So therefore, if God forbid something goes wrong, he did it with permission. So really, there's no Isur. Can you say there's an Isur involved? Right? He didn't do anything wrong. His act was correct. The result was wrong, but there's nothing. You can't hold it against me. I did it, Bershus. So he says as follows. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a Givaldic Rashi. He brings a Rashi. It's too late. There's a Rashi in Gitten. Look in the Rashi in Gitten Dafchofalov. That's where he really builds it on. There's a Rashi in Gitten Dafchofalov, which is obvious from the Rashi that the reason why we penalize the master is because the master did something wrong. He had no right to knock his eye out. And he had no right to knock his tooth out. Because he did it, that's why we penalize him. So it's clear on Rashi that the reason is, in the Furusha Rashi, take a look at Rashi Kofalov on the base of the top. I saw it a couple of times that it's not just, it's because he did it wrong. Because there's an issue. The act, he was actively, he did something wrong. Did something wrong. It's not so much the result. It's more the act than the result. The master did something wrong. He said, he, pro, he transgressed something. Okay. So he says, what's the machloikis? 
So what's going on? The doctor, so he says if the doctor did it, he goes out free. Rav Shemim says if the doctor did it, he doesn't go out free. So the question is, when you're doing it, right, even though as a doctor you knock his tooth out, now what's the difference? The doctor didn't do it, but the guy has no tooth. In other words, you get it? That's the difference. When you do it, Bershu's Bezdin is not the master doing it. The master did nothing wrong. He did everything right. Because he's being Marapa him. So the Bezdin allowed him to do. So the act of knocking, to treating that tooth, now that the tooth ends up being knocked out, that's just the result. But my act of treating that eye, right, and via that, his tooth or eye was, he was caused deafness or blindness or whatever with the tooth. So it's something, that's the result. Does not free. Why? Because the reason there's the penalty is because we penalize the master, but he does something wrong. But he didn't do anything wrong yet. He did it for shoes. Masha'en came, the Chachamim hold, and even as a doctor he goes out free. Why? Because it's still regarded as if we look at the result. And the result is he ends up being without a tooth. So I don't care. It's like the indirect thing, right? That's the way the Rabbi explains this Machlokes. Check it out. I want to just conclude. It's just beautiful. To, to, you see now, look. You'll appreciate looking in the Rishonim. The Ibn Ezra says, a Givaldike thing. He says, you know why he goes out free? Because the master, master was an Achzer. He's an Achzer. He knocks out his tooth and then gives him a whack in the face. knocks out his eye. No, I'm asking you. Because you were such a high, you were an Achzer. That's why he goes out free. Okay? But Rabbeinu Bechayah says, you know why he goes out free? He says, because the only reason why he was a slave is because of the eye and the tooth. Right? The original reason. Now that the tooth and the eye is not there, so he's, there's an automatic release. There's no reason for him to remain. So you see, you look at the Mephorshim, the Rishonim and the Chumash, and it seems like they're just saying, Shatlach. This one looks at this. According to the Rogat they're really saying Gvaldic messages. That the Ibn Ezra is looking at the, the gather of the Knassas for the binding, for the master, and therefore he regards him as an axe or an axe his eyes out and axe his teeth out. Mashenkin, according to the Rabbin Bukhaya, it comes out very clear that we're looking at the result. And the Mela, according to the result, automatically he's released. Okay. With this we conclude, because I must move on to the next issue. Just a Gvaldic issue, and I think I hope five minutes will, will suffice. It's just a Gvaldic tired as Here. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says in Mesechta Brach, that's another issue. This goes on and on, really. Unfortunately, time doesn't allow. Whoever's interested, the, 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 the Rogat Shava deals with it in Mesechta Babakama and in Mesechta Sanhedrin, and also on Chubish. Okay. Uh, just another issue. The Gemara says in Mesechta Brach, that hey, says the Gemara, that Yisurin, if unfortunate, if unfortunately, a person has Yisurim, right? In other words, he touched uh, English, no? A lot. A lot. Just Yiddish, no? Suffering. suffering, right? He unfortunately he's suffering, right? He has uh, he, he, he pushed bodily or mentally, whatever, suffering, right? In other words, he didn't bring it upon himself. It's from heaven, right? Says the Gemara. The Gemara is a lengthy exposition about Yisurim shall have. Some of it is an expression. The Gemara concludes as follows. The Gemara says that we're talking about an individual of that who unfortunately. Is, may, needs to be cleansed, right? He, in other words, unfortunately, he, he's not perfect, right? A person that wasn't perfect, and if he wasn't perfect, it was Hashem. So therefore, you would think that it's a negative thing, that he's never have his, his suffering, because he'll get Gehenim. He'll have a good time in this world, says the Gemara, no, Dafka, no. Hashem, says the Gemara, Dafka, because Hashem is rebuking Dafka him to cleanse him. 
Dafka to cleanse him if you have your surim and he's a good Eid, even though he may have sinned, etc. towards Hashem. So Hashem is cleansing him and the suffering is cleansing him. And the Gemara says, it's like, the Gemara goes on to say, therefore the apparel is drawn to, to that the bris, the covenant for Yisurim are like the covenant for, for Saul, just like salt on meat sweetens the meat, takes the blood out. The same, the, the, the suffering, unfortunate suffering, it also does it, you know, affects the person's bodily, etc., etc. Nevertheless, it cleanses him. And the Gemara says, how do I know that Yisurim Memarkin is Memarkin Avenos actually cleanses the whole body? Says the Gemara, we have a Kalva Choymer. We, we derive it from Shen Va'ayin, from the Evit Knani. Says the Gemara, Madoch Shen Va'ayin, right? Shen Va'ayin, which is only, it's only one limb of the body, right? We release the Evet. He goes out free. He's a free man, right? So Allah has come with a Definitely Yisurim, suffering, which affects the whole body. Not just the eye, not just one limb. Definitely it releases the person from all the ill negativities. And therefore he is cleansed, so to speak. He's released. That's what the Gemara says. Now, this is just a gewaldic attire in Ra'emes from the Gera Rebbe, three the Gera Rebbe, Rama Rabba from Ortha. He says a gewaldic attire, Zach. You know what he says? You know, yeah, after he learned the Galvachim, and the Galvachim goes like this, he says, Madoch Shen Va'ayin, which makes from an Evet, it's an Evet Knani, makes from a Halbe Goy, it makes him a Yid. Right? That's what happens. Because he goes out free, and once he goes out free, originally he was also partial Goy, then he becomes a total Yid, right? So, Madoch Shen Va'ayin. Which makes a summer from a halbe goy, a ganze yid, a lachas kame vachamo yisurim, shemakin kolguf shalomu, that from a, from a yid, he becomes a ganze yid. Tired, tigvald, because he's tired, he's tired, he's tired, he's That's the way he touches the Gemara. Now, there seems to be a major problem with the Gemara, and an obvious problem, and the Marshal explains it. The Gemara learns out from Shem Va'ayin. We're talking Shem Va'ayin, that the Evet is a very good try Evet. He's definitely a dedicated Evet. He's a good man, he's doing the job, etc., etc., right? Nevertheless, we say if he knocks out, knocks his tooth out, knocks his eye, he has to, he has to be released, right? The Gemara wants to learn a Kalvachimah for a Yid who is not so good between him and Hashem. He may have, unfortunately, not been perfect. The Gemara says, therefore, he gets sufferings that will cleanse him, right? And we learn out that the sufferings cleanse a person just like the Shem Va'in releases the Evet. So the Mashiach explains what kind of, what, how, what's the analogy? The Evet is a perfect person, right? And he's released. But this guy, unfortunately, wasn't so perfect. So he actually, he adds a Givaldika thing, based on what we spoke originally in the Shir, that due to the fact, the fact is that why is he an Evet? Because of the, the, the sins of his fathers. Because of Chom, right? Chom of Iknan. He sinned towards Noach, right? So therefore there's a sin involved there. So he too, like we explained originally, so therefore we can understand the analogy. Now, listen to what the Rukh says. Rukh has a Shail. In Shail is a Chuvis, Tzofnes Paner Varsha. Someone asks the Rogachev Rashaid it's four lines. And I actually saw in Pardis Yosef, Patanovsky, he brings a Rivosh from one of the Rishonim. I didn't get a chance to look for the Rivosh, I couldn't find it. He doesn't have a Maramok and where it is. But the Jewish Rivosh asks as follows I'm ending, I'm finishing. Give me two minutes, Mamish. The, the Rivosh asks a question like this. I, again, I, could, I, don't, I didn't look in the Rivosh to see the actual two sides of the coin, but it seems as follows. He says, What would be the case? He asks, he queries, the Rivosh queries, What would be the case? If the Eved messed with the master, he's fighting around with the master. And because he's fighting around with the master, the master had to give him a whack in the head. Right, he's an Eved Kanani, right? And uh, he's doing, he's, he's, re, he's relating to the, if he's a mensch, so, okay. But the guy was partial to relating to the master, you know, the master says, hey, the Schwarzer, what? Yeah? So the Rivash, some, the Rivash queries, does he also go out free? Is he released? When he gets a whack based on those circumstances, does that halacha also apply? That's what it says in the Rivosh. 
Listen to what the Rogachover was asked. Rogachover asks, someone asks the Rogachover, he says, what happens if the Eved knocked out all the master's teeth? Good. The Eved is an Eved. If you bought him on the market, you bought him because he's a bullock, right? He's a real big golem, and he's doing a wonderful job, and he's some, you know, mighty, mighty hoo-hoo. Yeah? He partied one day, couldn't cope with him being told what to do. He woke up one morning, he bangs out, knocks out every single tooth of the master's face. Now, the master doesn't take it so lightly. So the master gives him, gives him a whack back and knocks his tooth out and knocks his eye out. So the Rogachevra was asked, what happens if the master knocks out the Evet's tooth or eye in sequence to having all his teeth knocked out? Does the Evet go out free or not? The terrorist says if you knock out the Evet's tooth, the master knocks out the Evet's tooth or eye, he goes out free. But maybe that's under normal circumstances where the Evet is serving the master normally. So then it makes sense that if he knocks his tooth out or his eye out, as we discussed originally, he should go out free. But what happens if it comes in sequence just giving him... Listen, it's not fair. He knocks out all his teeth. I just knocked out one tooth. He should go out free. So the Rogat Shavar says, let's look in Mesich Tabrochas Tafei. The Gemara said, a person who is... Right? What the Gemara, as we mentioned originally, the Gemara says that if someone has suffers on this world, right, that cleanses his body and we derive it from if it's just shen or ayin, just one eye, right, that releases, we knock out his eye or tooth, right, he goes out free. So definitely a yid who will have total bodily suffering, right, he's suffering in total and completely, unfortunately, his whole body, is memarikin avinotzer shalodim, definitely that cleanses him, just like the evidence released, right? Asks the Rogachover, what's going on? What's the analogy? The evidence sin. So how do we identify it with the yid who sinned, right? The marshal's kasher. The marshal's kasher. Says the Rogachover, pshatin gemore, is as follows. You know what the Kalvachimer is? He's talking about an Eved who knocked out the masters, all the masters' teeth. That's what's going on in the Gemara. That's the Kalvachimer. That's the basis of the premise for the Kalvachimer. The Eved knocked out all the masters' teeth. Okay? And in sequence to that, the master knocks out his eye. Says the Gemara. You want to know something? I'll tell you. If he goes out free in such a case. So Madoch, when he just knocks out his eye or his tooth, he goes out free. Right? Even though that came in sequence, that the Eved knocked out all the masters' teeth. Nevertheless, if the master in sequence knocks out his tooth, he goes out free. Says the Gemara, Allah has come of a chamer, a yid who sinned towards Hashem, like the Evet sinned towards his master. So then, if Hashem causes him suffering, but he's total in the whole bodily suffering, not just the eye and the tooth, he surely is cleansed and he goes out free and he's released. Have a good night. So given Allah the Shi, Rabbi, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. 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 Yeah.